Welcome back to the podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. Do you have a wah pedal, Jeff? Yeah, I've got a few of them. Kind of have to have a wah pedal when you play Kirk. When you're uh, Kirk the Third, you got to have like a wah every like 10 feet on stage. You use it so much, right? Yeah, yeah. All sides of the stage got to have a wah. How many songs do you use a wah pedal in? I think the better question would be how many songs do I not use the wah pedal in? Yeah, so if you run down our normal set list, even from a rare show, is there any songs that you're not wah-wahing in? Yeah, there's a few of them. Uh, Sad But True, There's No Wah, Harvester of Sorrow, No Wah. Um, Hit and Miss with Fade to Black, sometimes I'll do an album version live with No Wah. Depends on how big the the crowd is and if I feel like running to the end of the stage. Um, Oh, live, there's Wah all over Fade. Oh, yeah, live version, but sometimes I'll do the album version, which is not not nearly as much. Pretty much every song, I'd say 95% of the solos have Wah. Tonight we're going to talk to the Wah-Off champion. Are you familiar with this uh, beautiful lady? Yeah, she's the Wah-Queen. Wah-Queen that took the trophy away from our uh, beloved Kirk. Kirk was even on like a four-foot-high-by-eight-foot-long crybaby Wah. I mean, you think with a stage prop like that, you already have it won. Yeah, in front of his own crowd, too. But just goes to show you that... There's always someone a little bit better with the wah pedal. This lovely lady covers songs of Van Halen, Adele. Remember that song, Hello, that sold about 800 million copies? Yeah, she's going to be collecting royalties off of that until forever. (laughs) Uh, Just released a print song. The poor lady just lost her cat. Well, not... I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I was going to say not too long ago, but it's been a couple of years that I think her kitty Carlisle is gone. Carlisle, yeah. I think she was also on uh, America's Got Talent, too, season six, if I remember correctly. Poor cat. Such a such, poor soul. Yeah. She's been through a lot. She's done a lot. She's seen some things. This lady's got talent. Um, she shreds a Steve Vai. I think it's a Steve Vai Ibanez. Yeah, it's the gem, I think. She said in an interview uh, she likes the gem because it has a handle like a purse. Oh, that makes sense. It does make sense. She kind of reminds me of like the heavy metal Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, that's a that's a great way of describing her. I can't wait to talk to her. She comes to us from New York City. You know, I, I did look it up. She did live in Minneapolis at one point, too. Whoa. Yeah. Well, she moved to New York and I moved to Florida. So you're this, you're the uh, poor Minneapolis soul now. Yeah, that's not good. COVID has her on lockdown. Basically, New York City, Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn is all on lockdown. She's not even leaving the house. So she was more than kind to uh, say yes to this interview. You ready to get into some uh, wah-off chatter? Yeah, man. It's time for some wigs and wahs. All the way from the great state of New York, we bring you... The Wah-Off champion of early 2020, Mrs. Smith. (laughs) 
Yes. Oh, that's Hello, great. Hello, Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Shane and Jeff. How's it going? Listen, we're living. We're doing it, you guys. We're, we're, we're in the new normal and we're moving forward. Okay. Well, Mrs. Smith, welcome to, uh, welcome to the podcast for all. I was looking at your Instagram earlier and your last post is about Queens, right? That says you don't believe in love. I don't believe in love. How does that one go? It's got a gallop to it, right? Um, what about in the eyes of a stranger? Oh, all of them—they're all great. <laughs> well, if you if you don't believe in love, chances are you're going to end up looking into the eyes of a stranger, and that is really sad. Um, I don't believe in sad. love. I don't believe in romantic love. As I say to people, after 14 marriages, I'm dead down there. Uh, when it comes to Men, I just cannot believe the betrayals have been so epic, so lengthy, some of them, um, that I just cannot believe a single thing a, a man says in romance, in friendship. Fantastic. In romance, you know, I look up, I see the sky is blue. I turn to my loving companion and he says, the sky is blue. And my first thought is liar. You got enough of those men. That's why you're hanging out with cats now. <laughs> yes. And 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 passionate male friendships and companionships and colleagues. Well, hopefully that we can uh, we can strike up a friendship here with the old and podcast for all guys and Mrs. Smith and the Ibanez. Yes, yes, the Ibanez folks. We love Ibanez. They've been so helpful to me. They sent a glitter guitar to me um, at great expense to the Wa Off. I was I had my kitty guitar, which I play. <laughs> so I have my kitty guitar. And I said, I've got to have something spectacular because Kirk Hammett has all these beautiful guitars. Right. And of course, he is the reigning rock star in the scenario. I'm the upstart, the heel, if you will, in this championship, you know, professional wrestling style shtick. And so I thought, I've got to, I've got to bring the glam. I'm the glam lady. And so I thought, Ibanez, please, 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 please send me this glitter guitar. And to great expense. They had it glitterized. They customized it. They changed all the hardware to chrome, sent it, and then I ended up playing my cat guitar on stage. But it was all for the best because um, in order to play with Kirk and his band, I had to tune down to E-flat, which I do not normally do. Standard Metallica tuning, right? Yes. Standard live Metallica tuning. Live Metallica, yes. And because I had to – I did a guitar clinic the day of the wah-off and all of my tracks are in standard. So I used the glitter guitar for Ooh. the clinic. So it, it ended up working out. But boy, I got to tell you, having James Hetfield's guitar tech, Chad Z. Yes, friend of ours. Ours is a treat, a treat that everyone um, should should have. He helped make this happen. Chad and Chris Risner. You know of Chris Risner? Uh, yes, yes. Chris Risner is sort of the one of the masterminds. Yes. So Chris, Chris is like living lithium to me. He's so calm and so composed. And the two of them really, because, and I'm sure your fans, you know, know this, all your, your readers, Metallica are very busy people. Um, Metallica are top of the top of the rung rock stars and top of the world, traveling the world. They're top of the world rock stars. They're the number one rock, um, hard rock 
stars in the world. And so they're going here, there, everywhere. They've got private jets. They've got side projects. They've got passions. And they have their own, every member has their own helper and an assistant. And so we had to coordinate all of these teams. You know, Kirk has his folks who are, fan- everyone was fantastic. What you need to know about Team Metallica is everyone is the nicest person you will ever meet. There are no divas. Absolutely. We've met some of them crew and some of the team and amazing people. Because guess what happens? No one's got time for a diva crew member in a place like Metallica. And when, when you're working with Metallica, you're working with the best. And so they will just get someone else if you have an attitude problem. So I, cause I was expecting sort of a biker mentality or roughnecks or a lot of throwing of beer bottles and chaos. Oh, that was back in the eighties. They're really quite corporate now. <laughs> yeah. They turned into kiss. Metallica became a, a company, <laughs> <laughs> but they're not as big as you would think. I mean, they are, but there aren't. I mean, the, 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 it's, it's, it's a family. It really feels like a family when you have something to do with it. And it was an absolute pleasure because I had only known, I love their song. I'm a huge fan of their song. Um, that wah. Yes, I played in my live show. Um, and I had only discovered it because I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole in the video. And I said this to Kirk Hammett after the wah off because we did not meet until the rehearsal. And we had very little time together. He's an incredibly polite man. But after the show, there we were. It was all over and done with. Huge success. Everyone had a great time. Of course, I'm walking And you're, and you're the champion. And I'm the champion. And, and he said, well, what is your live show? He said, I, I saw a video of you years ago looking for your cat in Times Square. And there were all these people screaming. <laughs> And he said, I had never seen anything like it. And I said, oh, well, um, in my live show, I do one by Metallica, your band. And he said, you do? And I said, yes, I have a backing track. The instrumentation is fantastic. The bass sound is amazing. And, um, and I said, but the only difference is when I do the solo, I use wah. He <laughs> <laughs> <You> laughed. <laughs> <laughs> we had a laugh yeah i want to i want to see him play that with Wa now but in my version i replace all of the voices uh from the film with voices from my past and my backstory which is that i i play guitar like this despite the fact that i'm a, an older lady of society i play guitar like this because in the 90s i was kidnapped by a norwegian death metal band and suffered the stockholm syndrome and so all of those voices are coming into the song so real quick, Mrs. Smith, describe uh, describe Stockholm Syndrome to us. It has an upside. It has upsides and downsides. The downsides are you will confront your shadow, of course, which you are projecting out onto your captor. Um, hmm. You will fuse with your shadow. And if you do it right, you can come out on top, end up in Rolling Stone, Guitar World, duels with Kirk Hammett. <laughs> Winning. Car endorsements. 
if you come out of it the wrong way, you know, you're led away in handcuffs. I mean, I was lucky because the band that I got, I fell into, they were very, very, very intense, considered almost too intense death metal in the Norwegian scene. And I brought, you know, after my change where I embraced the Norwegian figure Freya, I joined the band. I ejected their lead guitar player, joined the band, became the lead singer awesome. and took them in a pop direction. And they were really into this. And we got, we got, we got to the Eurovision contest. You know, we were being chased by Interpol and, you know, fleeing and there were firearms and black vans <laughs> and blazing churches, you know, in a trail. I didn't set fire to those churches. That wasn't me. So, um, so that's why you decided to play the Ibanez gem. So you had a handle to hold on to your guitar while you were fleeing, right? The, the, the flower guitar had been discarded in the closet that I was kept in for three months. So I, I've spent three months in a closet with nothing but that guitar. And I knew if I don't, the only way out of this debacle is to join this band because my husband at the time would not pay the ransom. It was only $5 million. And I groped in the darkness <laughs> and the strings and I could feel it. And I, I thought, why does this have a handle I've never felt but there were books and cassettes and a little cassette player. And it was almost as if this beautiful flower guitar had betrayed somebody and they had tossed it aside. They had perhaps um, served it as a, as a student and it was a master. And then the master betrayed them and they tossed it aside. So I picked it up and uh, I learned quickly. Um, I joined the band, took over the band. They died in flames. The house went up in flames on Christmas Eve. I'll never forget it. Um, it was We had just done a great show. We were having a great night. They were not drinking as much as they usually did, so I was happy. Um, all of my codependency issues came out in this situation. All of my stuff with my father. And there was a... I had put some scented candles, and they were near the tree, and something, something, someone knocked something over. Before you know it, they were locked. How they ended up locked inside that house, I will never know. But standing out there in the Norwegian winter cold, looking through that window and seeing their flesh melting onto the glass. Wow. You know, that's, pretty they intense. that's brutal. They embraced hell. And so I thought, well, you got what you wished for, you know. So metal. So that was that. So, you know, I come to this a little circuitously. Phrygian, the Phrygian mode, right? Yes, was Phrygian. Sounds like you got a flander on there. We have a one, a minor second, a minor third, a fourth, a perfect fifth, a minor sixth, a flat seven, and the one. And it works. (laughs) It works for James. In metal music, we say, all right, now put your finger on that string on that dot and then move it to that one. (laughs) Well, would you ever think that the very same musical mode creates this sound? The, The flamenco. 
And of course, that exoticism is part of what makes that song. They have that um that um they've got all the sitar, right? Don't they have that in that song? Yep. It's the feeling yep. of the desert. You know the 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 tumbleweeds, the dust, the, the the wind. Of course, I will be your least favorite guest of your fans because I love that black album, and I know that it is just despised by so many. Oh, it's not despised. <laughs> it's a it, it's a great album. It only sells five thousand copies this week alone. <laughs> they There's a reason TV. why it's still been. <laughs> There's a reason why it's still the number one most sold metal album on the planet. There's some real layers in that album. Of course, that was James going to the next level. What now? So all That's I knew what about when Bob Rock comes in. So all, so all I knew about Metallica was one because it was the I thought I really liked their song, and that's what I said from them said about them for years. People say which song? I said they're one song. They're like they've got more than one song. I said they do because all I knew was the video with the voices and darkness imprisoning me. And so I put that in my show and I'm okay. going to be releasing that as a video soon for you guys to oh, cool. listen to. And it's got bass. This version has bass guitar in it. So oh, good. <laughs> so I turn up the bass. So Jason Newstead represented fully represented. Uh, in the original, it's like a shell of a bass. It's like someone playing a, a, a hollowed out, you know, shell. So I began to, once the wah-off happened, they were like, no, they have a lot of albums and songs and they're really, this is a big deal, Mrs. Smith. And I was like, it is? So I started to research them. First stop, PSYOP, some kind of monster. Psychological profiling of every member. (laughs) I hired, I hired a social psychologist, a psychoanalyst and a psychic and we watched it together and I said, I want to know all of the creepy dynamics between these four because I'm going to exploit them all. That's just like, <laughs> their, that's just like their therapist, Mrs. Smith, wearing the Bill Cosby sweaters. Exactly. And so sometimes I would just sort of, I would sort of, when I would be negotiating with the Metallica people, I would adopt a Lars-like energy. Um, I would then shapeshift into a James-like stance. All, and this was all so energetic. I was, I would, it's not like I would change my voice. And, and I, it, it was subtly powerful and overpowering them. Um, and then I began to explore their catalog. Now, I like the one song. I think it goes on a little bit long at the end. So I end mine sooner. I don't think it needs to go. I don't need 15-minute long jams. <laughs> you just get I, right to the point and hit the bread and butter. I like a pop structure, I have to say. And so I then the black album is perfect for me because every song is mostly verse, chorus, verse structure. Yep. Very straightforward. Yes. And his singing is marvelous and the tones are fantastic. The solos are great. And um, I believe the, is it the unforgiven solo? What's the solo where he's in a fight with Bob Rock in the studio? Yep. That's unforgiven. Bob Rock wants him to play the solo of the decade. And he plays some mode. It's almost like he made up his own mode. It goes into, and I need to analyze it because I don't know what. I'm sure he's playing a pentatonic shape, but he's placed it in an odd place. Yeah, most of Kirk Hammett's stuff is based around the pentatonic, which and a lot, and almost all of my work as well. So we're very, we're actually Kirk Hammett and I are more similar players than we are dissimilar. Oh right, right. 
The cool thing is when you see that uh, dispute with Bob Rock with that that footage, Mrs. Smith. What you see there is actually the take that went on the record. And he and he does this melody. Everyone will know what I'm talking about near the end. That is so yep. surprising and charismatic. To me, it sounds like a steel or some kind of shapes, metallic shapes converging, magnet, magnetic forces magnetizing, pulling on each other. That is what I think when I hear that melody. And I, I must analyze it to know what key he's playing in because I'm sure he has left the key of the song. So it, what he got there was an act of grace. So I got to ask this: uh, the wah off. Who, whose idea was this? How did it start? Well, I really abuse the wah wah pedal because now I'm at I'm at war with an idea in the world of guitar. Um, it's an idea that I think is pernicious and destructive, and it's a cancer. That idea is good taste in guitar playing. Um, the guitar used to be much more raw and and rascally and wild, and it's become confined. And the internet is part of this. It's trapped in a box and people edit and edit and control their playing until it's pristine and ultra slick. Look, I'm all for that a little bit, but I need some sweat hog a mama with a face like a gent playing as well. <laughs> you need, yeah, you need a little bit of realism to it. So I'm at war with the idea of taste and... Part of that war is that I, to explain to your listeners who aren't guitar players, the wah-wah pedal is some, well, they know Kirk Hammett. You step on it and it goes, wow, wow, wow. It's the sound of, you know, pornography. It's the sound of the 70s. It's the sound of Jimi Hendrix. There you go. It's considered a guilty pleasure for a guitar player because the guitar player playing the wah-wah pedal is probably getting more pleasure out of it than the audience. (laughs) This is true. You just, it's like a toy that you can't get your foot off of. It's like the whammy bar. It's like you could just play with it all day and not get anything melodic out. And the audience is going, okay, I don't know what that added up to, but he's having fun. She's having fun. (laughs) And I have said to myself, I'm going to do is I'm going to step on this thing as much as I want to. In fact, the wah-wah pedal that I have, it starts up as soon as you step on it. You don't need to click on it. You just step on it. Oh, is it a Morley? Um, a Morley, uh, uh, I believe, innovated that with the Steve Vai Bad Horsey Wah Wah pedal. Yeah, the optic optical Wah. 
subsequently, Crybaby has adopted it as well. Oh, very cool. 95Q has an auto wah. Um, the click button is a huge problem because you can at times not know if it's on. Uh, that I've had that issue. That's why I actually switched to an Ernie Ball wah because it has the green light on either side that lights up. You can finish a whole show with the wah on and not even know it. I've done that before during a couple songs. It's it's not fun. <laughs> It'll be cocked back, you know, producing the sound like the bass on the Injustice for All album. Yeah, so yeah. Hollowed out and very running. similar. <laughs> That's a good comparison. <laughs> well, Mrs. Smith, you were talking about pop music. Um, from what we've seen, you have videos from uh, Prince and Van Halen all the way to Adele. How cool is that? Well, you want to stay relevant. I like to stay, you know, I like to, I like, I like what I like. And, I, and it's, I'm, I'm going to be talking with a psychic later about my global direction with this project, because I can just go in so many directions. I did a, I posted a Taylor Swift song the other day that I do in my live show about my relationship with my father. He was an alcoholic and I showed clear promise on the guitar as a little girl my childhood was a little bit like Little House on the Prairie on bath salts. Um, <laughs> and so I, you know, I showed early promise totally unrealized because I was, you know, he was a brilliant guitar player. He had a beautiful collection of guitars. He was a genius in his own right, but he was also a madman. And so unrealized went this potential. Um, I posted the video. It's me singing and, and playing acoustic guitar. It's just a pretty song. And one of the first comments was clipped on it and saw no shredding. And, and I, to which I replied, do you want your money back? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your receipt at the door. <laughs> so I can do almost anything. Um, I was going to say, speaking of shredding, uh, you know, I saw that you were in the ultimate shred collab, the Jared Dines video. How did that come about? And you were right. I'm pretty sure your excerpt was uh, right next to Matt Heffy's from Trivium. Am I correct on that? Yes. The, um, I, I don't know nearly any of those boys. Um, I know Angel uh, Vivaldi. Um, who else was in that? Jared, young Jared. Um, I, of course, uh, watched Jared's videos with great interest, kind of amazed at his output. I mean, it was sort of incredible. For a series of years, he was he's got out these videos. He's got such a creative mind musically. It's insane. And he's got incredible talent at singing, guitar playing, and drumming. And drumming, yep. Really unusual. So I went to the NAMM show um, two or three years ago. It was my first. It was like my coming out ball. That was, was the uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, Ivan, yeah. correct? Yes. So that was a prank. So so cool. <laughs> so I, sh- I was brought there by Mezzabarba Amps. They make these great amps. Um, they're too- prohibitively expensive for most metalheads who are kind of working class heroes. And I, I've checked them out. They're extremely nice. And they, but they sound, they sound like Edward Van Halen modded amps, modded Marshalls. So yeah. That that Brown sound. They're sort of perfectly sizzly and piercing, but constrained, but not overly compressed. So anyway, I brought the, I had that Ibanez guitar made as a little bit of a prank and I was not endorsed by Ibanez at the time. And so when I brought it there, people were sort of like, is this the new gem? Like what's happening? Like, how does this happen? And then I brought it to the Ibanez booth to say hi to Mike Origo. And he was like, please, please hide that. Like if my bosses see that I'll be fired. He's like, gonna get us, we're going to get sued because of you. And I was like, by the way, do you want to endorse me? 
And I think they endorse me almost as a way of controlling me. It's like if we can get her under our spell, we can prevent her from doing that. Yeah, then she won't make these obscure uh, Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Now, so I was playing the guitar and just shredding like a maniac in the aisle. And I look up and Jared Dines is standing there front and center with just with the sweetest expression on his face. And he came forward and embraced me. That's Aww. so cool. And I thought, how do you know who I am? And he was like, <laughs> I, he's like, I, we love you. And I was like, I, you know who I am? And I just, because <clears throat> truly, Aww. I did not have the views that he had. You right. know, I had a small following, but I think what was happening is people in the industry were passing these videos around amongst themselves. They weren't necessarily commenting or sharing and I was this little cult phenomenon amongst people who were in the know. So we jammed together um, and, that, and, and that's how we ended up connected. And he is such a sweet guy. His fans are another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're interesting. But he seems like such a nice guy in all the videos I've ever seen. I hope someday I get the chance to, to run into him. But well, and yeah, he's... he's oh, he, he was recently on the cover of Guitar World, and I thought to myself, it took this long. But that's that's amazing, though. I mean, he's like the – he's a – you know, started off as a YouTuber, and he's, I think, the first quote-unquote unsigned guitarist to ever be on the cover. Well, the guitar press – you know, here I'll get myself in more He even has his own signature – uh, Sterling Ernie Ball now as he well. He just came out with a very affordable guitar, and I'm sure it's quality because they know he'll sell a lot of them because he's so big. So they can afford to have it be affordable. Yep. The guitar press is sort of still living as if it's 1980. And the <laughs> fact is, like, none of these mega stars, Kirk Hammett, Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, John Petrucci, Ingve Malmsteen, uh, Kiss, you know, on and on. None of these people are going to be replaced by people of similar stature in terms of record sales. They're being Very true. by YouTubers. That is the record industry. Very true. Welcome to 2020. Yeah, it's all about the internet, social media, uh, streaming, all of that. There's no MTV to catapult these people into worldwide fame. Also, the guitar has lost its centrality, tragically. Um it, you know, it's not um, in pop music. Maybe that'll change. Maybe it'll go the way of the, you know, harpsichord. We don't know. <laughs> well, to get back to the, the bread and butter of the WAF, Mrs. Smith, did you approach him and say, hey, it's time to settle this once and for all? Well, I made a joke on a YouTube guitar talk show hosted by Mark Ignacy. He's now with Gibson Guitars. Yep. And uh, Mark has been a huge champion of mine. I can't tell you. He he has made so much happen for me. And he just loves the me and, and the whole thing. And I'm so grateful. So he I brought up the wah off and I've made this joke for a couple of years. I've said, uh, you know, people because someone asked me, is a fan asked me and an ask me anything, is the wah wah a way for a guitar player to hide? Um and I said yes and there's nothing wrong with hiding in plain sight. Um you know, who are you to judge? And and I said, and I'm the champion of the Wawa. I overuse the Wawa more than anyone, even more than Kirk Hammett, and I challenge him to a Wawa. Nice. And he saw it and commented in the comments and said, it's on, 
you know, let's make it happen. And that's when I just, my life just exploded and went insane. And fast forward a couple months later and it takes place, uh, a month, a year later. It was a year. That's ooh. This was a torturous year for me because when this type of carrot is offered to you, you know, uh, dangled from the heights of Metallica mega fame, uh, the delusions of grandeur that you have, you know, one sees oneself on a stadium stage, you know, <laughs> um, and there were people, you know, that wanted that to happen. You know, there were some people that wanted that to happen. There were some people that were sorry that didn't happen because they're fans of Mrs. Smith. And what I didn't know is that that people inside of Metallica, not the band exactly, but the crew were um, the story that Chris tells is that um, they were on the tour bus and one of the technicians came walking in with a dumbfounded look on their face and said, have any of you heard of Mrs. Smith? And everyone who was assembled nodded their head like, yeah, dude, welcome to reality. Where have you been? Hell yeah. <laughs> he was late to the party. <laughs> and I and when he told me that story, I thought, really me, little old me? So <laughs> um because truly when you're making this stuff, you know, and just putting it out there on the internet, you have no idea who's watching. Um so we got to work with Kirk's team and with Chris and Chad. Um and it became about when, where, which is just a huge logistical challenge for this band because they're so busy. This took place on the East Coast, correct? It took place in Columbia, South Carolina at yep. a wedding band show. Yeah, him and Rob, Rob Trujillo. That's right. Rob is an absolute sweetheart. And boy, that band was kapow. We had Mr. Theodore on the drums yep. from queens of the stone age yes queen yes <laughs> we had doc coil on guitar teaching me about how to play backup guitar doc coil he's he's a shredder he was like you need to turn down when you're playing rhythm i was like oh okay and <laughs> pro tip um and then of course we had the amazing whitfield crane dashing handsome um as singer and so we had a great crew and Kirk had his uh, um, art um, art poster show at the museum. Correct. And a whole experience. And there's a video of me doing a walkthrough. And my fav- favorite scene is when I approach the blown up image of him. Um, of course, rock stars always have themselves photographed from below. So they look like the size of a skyscraper. Gotta look tall. And In I reality, said, Kirk's about 5'2". <laughs> and I approach it and, and I said, oh, there he is, larger than life. <laughs> I played the heel throughout and the fans were absolutely in on it. The fans were, now I was terrified because I thought they would be bikers and, you know, on, <laughs> they thought, I thought they're all going to be on stimulants. Um, <laughs> stimulants. <laughs> they're just drinking coffee now. <laughs> they drove here in their trucks, you know, 52 hours from Kalamazoo to throw <laughs> bottles at me. And then I get there and they've all got kids. It's a family act. It's a, um, it's, it's a, it's a family show now. It's a family show. And then Kurt comes out on a giant five foot by eight foot, uh, wah pedal. 
I listen, I was glad he brought some theatricality because uh, to be honest with you, I thought, you know, uh, Kirk has got great stage presence. He plays these 150,000 person venues. He knows how to put out a theatrical energy, but I am after all me. And, you know, I don't want to upstage a rock star when he's in front of his core fans. That would be rude. So I was very aware of he's the star. He's number one. He's the reason that they're all here. You're the heel. You're the guest star. So you need to be careful. You know, you're so respectful. We love that, Mrs. Smith. Well, I don't. You really you have to play these things appropriately because truly it is by his grace and generosity Literally, they paid for me to fly there. They were very helpful. You know, it was by his grace and generosity that I was there, that he would share with the fans. The fact that they were sharing my videos with the on the Metallica Instagram yes. blowing my mind. So this was a massive boost for me as an artist. So I was very aware of that. And I thought, well, you know, he's got a cape. I'm glad he got a cape. He's got his cool guitars, but I don't know. I, you know, I'm a pretty big persona on stage. Then he comes out with a five, the massive wall pedal, and I thought, well, that's taking it a little too far. <laughs> <laughs> you still showed him up though, so you play for about uh, it was about five to ten minutes that you guys kind of traded off licks and lots of wah going on. Now I had a secret weapon, which is that Sweetwater sound um, made me the ultimate wah wah pedal board of doom. Uh, that had a four-in-one wah-wah pedal. So I had four wah-wah pedals connected with a metal plate. Um, so they operated as one Megapaw ultra-wah. That's like uh, what Kirk did when he recorded, uh, what was it? Was it Magnetic or Hardwired? One of the albums, he hooked up like four or five wah pedals to get a sound. Magnetic. Excuse me, he hooked up two. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Jeff, you have been corrected by our guest. I did my research. when I, It's because I was going to just connect two. And then when I found out he had connected two, I said, do three. And then I said, no, wait, do four. I You're like going to double it. That's good. Well, four made it easier to stand on. So I went to stand on it. Out from behind the scenes comes Chad Z, traitor to the cause. Now, Chad was my guitar tech. Okay, he was on my side. He kind of traded teams for the night there in South Carolina. He really did. And I thought, well, you know, he's he's he knows how to deal with the, you know, with the with the with the personality and someone with, you know, complex guitars. Now, James doesn't use floating tremolo wawas. So that was of course every setup that Chad Z did was absolutely perfect, absolutely pristine. And I have to tell you as a fan of this music, as a fan of the guitar, as just a little somebody with a little cult following, to be backstage chatting with people, a little bit nervous, warming up, and to have Chad Z, guitar tech to mega rock star James Hetfield, come up to me and say, may I have that guitar, please? And I said, uh, okay. And he yep, takes it go. away. And then I thought, what is he doing with it? And I thought, He's tuning it for me so I don't have to think about it. Look at me. I feel like a rock star. Awesome. What a feeling. What a feeling. So uh, Chad comes out from behind. He picked, He kind of hoists me up by my armpits so I can balance on the four mega wall. Now that's a true guitar tech, even holding you up on stage. Oh, absolute sweetheart. He helped make this happen. So then I go crazy on the wah-wah. And I, I wanted the quad wah mega paw 
to sound just horrible. I wanted it to be this the most nightmarish sound, like a banshee shriek from below. Uh, I wanted to go noise art. I wanted to go performance art, Diamanda Galas. I wanted to leave music and go into just pure sonic torture. And that's exactly what it was. So there is such thing as too much wah, everyone. <laughs> and that, and then Kurt, Kurt, now I was also concerned. Um, now I have a theatrical background. I attended Ms. Darlington School for Dramatic Arts and Oral Interpretation. So I know about stage moments. I know how to stage up little plays and little tableau vivants. And I thought, I'm concerned about Kirk. I know he's shy. I've seen interview interviews. He's a, he's a low-key, humble dude. But boy, put him in front of an audience and out comes the rock star. He made every beat in this little play that we put on happen times 10. So everyone knew the plot. Who was winning? Who was losing moment to moment? Out comes the ripper. I was just about to say, you put him in front of a crowd and... Game on. Kirk the Ripper Hammett appears. Now he's a ripper. Um, he is a full ripper. I wouldn't say he's a shredder. Um, no. Now maybe he could shred if he played this, the same guitars that I did. My guitars are very different. I have much lighter strings because he isn't just soloing. Of course, he also has to play these heavy riffs. You really cannot play the riffs in Metallica with the type of guitar that I have. The strings are too light and the action is too low. And so if you're doing that chugga chugga. The strings hit the fretboard. They hit each other. The neck is very thin. The tone isn't beefy enough. I'm really driving in a, 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 a juiced-up Porsche all the time. You need something a bit beefier. So that's why you will probably see James Hetfield with 10-gauge strings at the least. His neck is thicker. Um, the bodies are heavier. You know, He's not playing in Ibanez because he's not shredding. Kirk has to do both. He has to shred on his solos and also play these mega, um, these mega riffs. So, you know, it's entirely possible if he were to pick up my guitar, he would be able to play exactly as I do because it's easier to play. But I did not underestimate him on the soloing because I thought he's used to this. He does this every day, you know. Just another day at the office for him. And I'm in front of his crowd and will they be throwing rocks? <laughs> I feel like the Monsters of Rock uh, or Donington Festival where they got mud thrown at them for two hours. Will they be throwing, you know, drug baggies that have been drug drained? baggies? <laughs> Some dime bags. <laughs> Remember, it's a family show now. Metallica family. It, I was very surprised. But now before the show, I had to go out and suss it up because I was really terrified of being attacked. And because you don't know who's out there. And boy. I ran up and down that line, and there's a video of this. I ran up and down that line of people coming in, high fives, cheering, screaming. People playfully, they got the joke. They got the joke. They're screaming, Kirk is going to nail you, or saying, I'm on Mrs. Smith, crush him, Mrs. Smith, destroy him. You know, people playing along, having fun. What was this about? This was about fun. Great fans, great times. This was about bringing a sense of playfulness and ridiculousness back to the guitar, a kind of pro-wrestling theatricality to guitar playing. Because, again, it's gotten a little serious. Don't get fucking scared, man. A little too serious in uh, 2020. So as the WAF went, as this went on for the five or ten minutes, who was, who was the ultimate decision or judge or was it a crowd vote? 
we had thought of doing judges. We had thought of doing an applause meter. We weren't sure. And then we, and, and I, we were going to maybe go with an applause meter or ask the audience or have the band decide. Um, and then, or, or we also thought of, de- of delaying it. So having this be the first round in a series of wall-offs, like, you know, a, a, a extrapolated. Of course, I wanted that because it would allow me to leech ever more followers off of Metallica. Oh, um, sure. Drag but, it out. But um, Kirk just, he just collapsed. He collapsed. He, he, the mega wall, the four, he never thought that I would be so audacious as to combine four wall-wall pedals. Um, you know, was that cheating? I don't think so, because this is someone who has a lot of technology at his disposal, a lot of resources. And here this crazy lady just came in and, you know, came up with a really cool idea. So he, he, he's just mad he didn't think of it first. Yeah. I should send him the quad paw megawa. Say so here, why don't you try this out on your next record? Make a video <laughs> of it, tag me in it, throw it up on your page. <laughs> yeah. Bob Rock is going to be like, um, no. <laughs> You know, I I saw that you have a video, uh, the Bob Ross technique. Maybe you should have the Bob Rock technique. Yeah, and Bob Rock can be like, you know, your moves are weak, lady. <laughs> that be so mean. Let's hear the guitar solo of the year, guitar player of the year. Where's the therapist? It'd be Mrs. Guitar Player of the Year. Where's the therapist? <laughs> and then, and then, so then Bob Rock brings his therapist, and then Mrs. Smith brings three of her own. <laughs> It'll be some kind of monster times five. Here we go, Bob. We're not having a wah off. We're having a therapist off. And then, and she also brings a cult leader. <laughs> I think we have a documentary in the making. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so the wah off happened. What a moment. I mean, we got to chat backstage after. Um, after you're crowned the champion. And talk as colleagues. Um, and he was so kind. He's so, so, so kind. And... Um, I told him what his music means to me. So you leave South Carolina the wah off champion. How did that change you, Mrs. Smith? Well, of course, then the order, the the, the demands are pouring in from international press um, and from, you know, people throwing themselves at me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, (laughs) no, I mean, of course, there was a lot of excitement and there was a lot of press about this. Um, None of it in print, um, but a lot of posting and, it was, you know, well, here we go. This is the start of another productive run. This is a, this is a bump. This is a boost. This is some, a, a, you catch something like this and you ride it. Um, these things, again, for your artist fans and listeners, th- these things come in waves. That's how it is. I've had other waves. This was another wave. And so when you get that wave, you go with it. Well, then this wave crashed into coronavirus. <laughs> so... I came home, and a week later, we're we're under lockdown. And everything comes to a halt, and here we still are. So that was an adaptation that was, you know, it was frustrating. I was looking forward to doing a lot of live shows. And then we have to deal with the depression that comes and the anxiety of this moment. And it it really, it took me over for a while, worrying, being in New York. um, I thought when I returned that perhaps... I could have had the coronavirus because I was around a lot of people. Um, this was one of the last shows. I mean, I was surprised the wall off wasn't canceled. Sure. So a week later, and it never would have happened. So we were very lucky. Nobody got sick. Thank God. Thank God. Nobody got sick. None of the fans. Um, 
And I came back and it was about hunkering down. Um, now, out of all of this... Since you've had so much time, Mrs. Smith, did you ever find your missing cat? Car- Carlisle, right? Yes, Carlisle is torturing me. He's been missing for two and a half years last Tuesday. Um, <laughs> a poor guy. Ten years ago in consensus reality. And I can't unpack that for your listeners. Um, I was, you know, it's so funny you brought this up because I had a call earlier this morning with my pet psychic. And she said, he's really happy. She said, you know, she said, I can astral project into him if you want me to and really get, you know, she can see through his eyes, but only like, it's like tunnel vision when she sees through his eyes. So she's like, he's on a porch. It's a country setting. She said, but I can't make a lot of details. She said, if I astral project into him, I can really get some intel. Like I can go into the house. I can see who the owner is. Maybe look at the mail, get an address, get some specificity. And I said, I, you know, if you want to take that risk, it's up to you. But the last pet psychic I had who astral projected into Carlisle is still stuck in there. Oh. So Uh-oh. if you can get her out, Ooh, you know. Complications. She's still billing me. You know? <laughs> this is getting expensive. <laughs> the other option is that, and I'm seriously considering this, is that we can do, and it's, it's dangerous, but it can be done. We can do a body switch. So I can adopt a kitten and have Carlisle's spirit. I think that that you might have to give that a shot. I'd like to see how that goes. And then now we're going to still look for Carlisle because we would ultimately want to switch back. I don't want this weird little kitten that is Carlisle. I mean, I will keep the kitten, of course. It would be Carlisle 2, T-O-O. But... (laughs) I don't know. Do you think the body switch? I'm going to go on Patreon and do the body switch. I think you should. That's dangerous, but you'd be the first one to pull it off. I, I, I'm, I'm with Jeff. You should do that. At some point, you got to risk it for the biscuit. So I say, I say, go for it. I just think it's getting old for people that he's been missing so long, and the fact that I, I talk about cats all the time, and I don't have a cat. We want to see Carlisle returned. Hashtag save Carlisle. Hashtag find Carlisle. Oh yeah. Hashtag find Carlisle. Carlisle needs his own Instagram page when he returns. Yes, yes, exactly. It's just, just all, it's all sh- sh- photos from below. <laughs> looking- <laughs> yeah, make him look 10 feet tall, just like Kirk. Photos of me, like, peering around a corner, like, are you going to come to bed? <laughs> are you, where are you? Well, Mrs. Smith, I love your Instagram page. You can find you at Smith Cat Misses. Every time we check that out, there's an amazing tune, a new pop riff, some Carlisle update. I can't get enough of it. We got guitar lessons on there. Yes. There's more of those coming. I'm, I'm really taking on the issue of string noise, a pressing issue of our time. I just watched that as well, along with the uh, new Prince video and then the uh, the Queensryche shout out. And I love Hello by Adele as well. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. And this was fantastic, you guys. You know, the, the Metallica family is so great and it's been such an honor to realize that they're not like stimmed up psychos with shivs and you know switchblades drug bags um, drug bags those are at our show Shane yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> what's your band what's your band Shane and I play in a national touring Metallica tribute band called One the only tribute to Metallica uh, we've been doing it for decade plus so if you ever feel like you want to do a waff again, you know, I'm Kirk too. So 
Oh, we let's do it. Absolutely do it. I would absolutely do it. I would love to join you guys on stage. Very cool. Oh, that's great, man. Let's cross paths soon. And thanks again for coming on a podcast for all. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks again, Mr. Smith. Let's stay in touch. Perfect. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Jeff. We'll see you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. To never, never land.